from uh, about 15 years on up, uh, a great deal of my thoughts were uh, basically unshareable. We are all evil in some form or another. Yes, I am not 100%, but I am evil. My mother was a, a sick, angry, hungry, and very sad woman. I hated her, but I wanted to love my mother. This is Serial Killing, a podcast. Hello again, and welcome to Serial Killing, a podcast, October Halloween extravaganza. All this month, we will be having a bit of fun with the topics for the podcast, so I hope you enjoy. Special thanks to my patrons who didn't vote for these Halloween episodes, but still support me and my work, and I thank you so much for that. You are truly appreciated. And for anyone else, please feel free to join my patrons so that you can vote on who will be covered next or get early access to the podcasts. Like, share, subscribe, it might just help our little community grow. So today's podcast will be a character analysis of the famous killer from the movie The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Leatherface. Now, I am of course a fan of this character and a few of the movies, but unfortunately, the movies from the early 2000s went in a bit of a different direction with regards to Leatherface's canon, if you will. And this divergence makes getting the full reason and chronological order and accuracy of his life nearly impossible to put in a nice, clean, and neat chronological order. It just can't be done, really. So, at the risk of having all of the backlash for interpreting his backstory thrown my way, I'm going to describe this character and his life story by using the information given to us via all of the movies and a comic book, and piece it together in the most sensible way that I can. Will it piss some people off? Most assuredly. But in the end, it's just a fictional character, right? So let's have a bit of fun. So Leatherface's conception is a bit of a mystery. We know that his biological mother, Sloane, was a full-figured queen, as they say, and she had not known that she was even pregnant. She worked at the local slaughterhouse near Round Rock, Texas, just north of Austin. This was 1939, and during the time of his birth, the area was not really developed at all, and a whole lot of nothing could be seen for miles in any direction. But there were a few local families around, and their entire livelihood was dependent upon a slaughterhouse. So Sloane was working away when she began to not feel very well. Her water broke, and she pleaded with her supervisor to allow her to take a break as she didn't realize that, at least in that moment, that she was in active labor. The supervisor, who was a stiff and unforgiving, impatient man, denied her request for a break. She clutched her rosary necklace and sobbed, begging for someone to help her. She was terrified as she was in excruciating pain and actually died giving birth to her baby. So the supervisor saw the squirming newborn baby on the floor between her legs and saw that he had something very wrong with him. He was born with a skin disease that would eventually dissolve his nose off of his face. Now, there are a few things that could be at play here. 
right? He could have been born with a genetic mutation that kept him from forming properly. There could be some chromosomal abnormalities, lack of certain nutrients during pregnancy, infections during pregnancy, or exposure to certain medications during pregnancy. And we know that Sloan had not been aware that she was pregnant, so it is most likely the case that she didn't receive any prenatal care, could have been taking medications that would cross that barrier to the fetus, and so on, right? Now, after some research, I'm going to hypothesize that Sloan had contracted syphilis when she got pregnant and it infected the fetus, and this process is called congenital syphilis. This is a real thing, rare though. According to the CDC, approximately 40% of babies born to women with untreated syphilis can be stillborn or die from the infection as a newborn. Babies born with congenital syphilis can have bone damage, severe anemia, enlarged liver and spleen, jaundice, nerve problems causing blindness or deafness, meningitis, or skin rashes. So congenital syphilis can have a major health impact on a baby, but how it affects the baby's health depends on when syphilis was acquired in pregnancy and if, or when, the mother received treatment for the infection. Infants exposed to syphilis during pregnancy could be thoroughly evaluated at birth to assess for evidence of congenital syphilis and need for treatment. These infants should also be closely followed post-delivery regardless of initial evaluation or treatment, because infants with congenital syphilis may not have any initial symptoms at birth, but later develop symptoms of CS if not treated appropriately. Infants with CS who are not treated appropriately within the first three months of life are more likely to have lifelong complications of CS, such as deafness, blindness, and intellectual disability which is coming into play. So my hypothesis will become even more obvious as the story continues. So after Sloan died giving birth to her infant son, right, the supervisor saw him on the floor of the factory and, you know, rather than contact the police or take the newborn baby boy to a hospital, no, no. No, he instead decided to throw it in the dumpster outside of the slaughterhouse. You know, he assumed it was going to die anyway, so best be rid of it. Only shortly after, a woman by the name of Luda Mae Hewitt, but some knew her as belonging to the local Sawyer family, happened to hear something coming from the dumpster. She opened the doors and found the infant. She wrapped him up in used butcher paper and decided to take him home. She loved him, no matter what condition he had that caused his skin to look so bad and, and his minor deformities. She took him home, and her brother, Charlie, said he was, quote, the ugliest damn thing I've ever seen, end quote. But, you know, Charlie had issues of his own. He had fought in a great war and had been captured and put in a POW camp with other captured soldiers. This is what introduced Charlie to cannibalism, but more on that later. So Luda named the baby Tommy Hewitt, but also known as Jedediah Sawyer, and thus began the very troubled life of little Leatherface. The family that adopted him also worked at the slaughterhouse, and that is how they survived. And as Leatherface grew from infancy to young childhood, it became pretty apparent that he would never learn to speak. He was, in fact, 
mute. It was also said that he suffered from delayed mental development and neurodegeneration. And as we already know, the CD says that congenital exposure to syphilis can cause intellectual disability, right? Are you coming on board? But other things could have contributed to this, such as chronic lead poisoning. And I googled it, and wouldn't you know? There is, or at least was, lead mining around Round Rock, Texas. So this, too, could be a contributing factor. There's also vitamin B12 and E deficiencies and drugs like anti-convulsants. But another compelling argument could be said for syphilitic encephalitis. So the tissues of the brain become inflamed, which can cause the child to have seizures, mental confusion, and a change in overall behavior. Cases of encephalitis can range from mild to severe, with a range of physical, behavioral, and neurological outcomes. Mike dropped as far as I'm concerned. So, when Leatherface was just five years old, he was sitting around the dinner table with his adoptive family, and across from him, tied to a chair, was a man who had attempted to steal one of the pigs off the property. It was Leatherface's birthday in 1944. And after he blew out the candles, his birthday cake was cut, and the inside of the cake was filled partially with human flesh. One of the uncles took a handful of the flesh and mashed it down the thief's throat. This would be Leatherface's first test to be completely brought into the family's dysfunction. They ordered him to murder the thief with a chainsaw, and at first he fought it, indicating that he didn't want to murder the man. But a family member pushed and pushed until the young child began to cut on the man with the chainsaw. So as Leatherface went to elementary school, he came under the attention of his teacher for troubling behaviors. So the teacher visited Luda, telling her that her son seemed to have an abnormal love of trapping and skinning animals, and that the behavior was quite troubling for a young boy to be borderline obsessed with. So Luda, refusing to admit of knowing of her son's concerning but beloved pastimes, dismissed the accusation completely. She offered that if there was any behavioral issues with her baby boy, well, it was because of the constant teasing and bullying he endured from the other children because of his physical deformities and learning disabilities. Becoming frustrated, the teacher threatened to report little Leatherface and really the family to the Department of Child Welfare, so Luda picked up a shovel and killed the teacher in cold blood. But the extreme bullying from his peers coupled with the serious neglect as well as mental and physical abuse he was enduring at home was taking its toll on the mind of the young man. He was becoming more beast than man in all reality. You see, prolonged abuse and ridicule and the exclusion from society turned him into a near animal, running on instinct and instruction from his family. So at 15 years old, he observed some boys playing, and he wanted to join in, but they threw mud and rocks at him and stole his mask that he wore to cover his disfigured face. The boys then took off back to school. So he too walked back to school and saw that the boys had thrown his mask in the garbage. It was filthy from the trash that had been in the bin. The other kids pointed and laughed at him and made fun of him, and the teacher did absolutely 
nothing to stop it. Later, the family, or the Sawyer family, killed the daughter of the local sheriff in the county. So when the sheriff showed up to the property to begin his investigation, well, he discovered, long story short, what had happened to his daughter. The sheriff sent Leatherface to a mental institution for the remainder of his youth for two years until he was 17 years old. So he spent that time with mentally unstable and violent people. I mean, are we talking Edmund Kemper here? One has to wonder which environment was worse, the institution or his home. It is noteworthy to say that Luda did come to the facility to see him, but they would not permit her to. But when Leatherface was 17, there was an institutional riot, and he escaped, only to be shot in the face by the sheriff that put him there. So his mother lovingly sewed up his face, and the Sawyer family murdered the sheriff. Leatherface peeled the facial skin from the skull and used it as one of his masks, and this is when we see him begin to use human skin for masks. And that was his childhood, as much as I could piece together. So let's get into it. We've all heard about women who say they don't know that they're pregnant. Hell, it's even in the news regularly. But the fact remains that Sloan was pregnant, and it was 1939, which would have been quite scandalous back nearly 100 years ago. Who knows? Perhaps the supervisor at the slaughterhouse was the father. I mean, it might explain him putting the infant in the dumpster. But regardless, this is how Leatherface came into the world. I'm sticking with my theory that he was born with conjunctive syphilis. This would explain his skin condition at birth, his delayed mental development, and neurodegeneration. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We know that when we get the very rare chance to see Leatherface without his mask, that it appears his nose has disintegrated or otherwise has come off, and syphilis could do this as well. We've all seen pictures. Regardless of the version of the family that raised him, we know that they had a lot of problems of their own. We know there is some inbreeding within the family, and Leather and Face endured levels of abuse and neglect from the family who raised him. From the National Library of Medicine, children who witness parental homicides are emotionally traumatized, stigmatized, and deeply scarred by a terrifying event. They often exhibit debilitating symptoms comparable to those of post-traumatic stress disorder. So, an article written for Stanford Medicine stated that childhood post-traumatic stress disorder can be accompanied by anxiety, substance abuse, and depression. And I would agree that Leatherface exhibits some seriously anxious behaviors that we will see later in the story. And though his family's abuse and neglect are pretty shocking, they have conditioned Leatherface to believe that this is love. To cope with this childhood crisis, quite frankly, he began to torture and kill small animals, and this would be on par for the course. When a teacher actually shows, you know, any real concern for the young boy, well, his mother kills the teacher, 
thus teaching Leatherface that murder is always the answer. And then the boy witnessed other murders, and let's not forget his family demanding him chop up an alleged thief with a chainsaw. It's no wonder he didn't develop dissociative identity disorder. He is also horrendously bullied by not only his family, but also his peers at school. As bully kids grow into adults, they may continue to struggle with self-esteem, have difficulty developing and maintaining relationships, and avoid social interactions. They may also have a hard time trusting people, which can impact their personal relationships and their work relationships. They may even start to believe lies about bullying, such as convincing themselves that the bullying wasn't as bad as they remember. They also may engage in self-blame. Bully kids often experience anxiety. This stress on their bodies will also result in a variety of health issues, including being sick more than often and suffering from ulcers and other conditions caused by persistent anxiety. Bullied kids also may complain of stomach aches and headaches. And the bullying they experience may aggravate other pre-existing conditions like eczema. I was really looking for conditions that would go along with his story, right? So skin conditions, stomach issues, and heart conditions that are aggravated by stress all worsen when a child is being bullied. And to add insult to injury, he was mute, unable to speak, so he didn't even have the luxury to be able to discuss his abuse with anyone. I didn't see that they were teaching him sign language. He wore a mask to cover his disfigurement, and the other boys took his mask and threw it in the garbage for him to find, which... You know, considering the mask was really a part of his inner identity, finding it in the trash would speak volumes to him. And then in his teens, he was taken to a mental institution to live for a couple of years where he most likely witnessed other very horrible things. When leaving the facility, he suffered a gunshot wound to the face, further disfiguring him, and the mother that raised him and kept him in that horrible family was the one who actually lovingly sewed his facial wounds shut and tended to him. But from that point, he was forever changed. So let's get back into the story. Now, Leatherface then started working at the same slaughterhouse that his biological mother and the rest of them had, save Luda, who worked at a local gas station and small convenience store. It just so happened that the same supervisor that had let his mother die on that factory floor and dumped him in the dumpster was the same supervisor he had now. And this supervisor constantly belittled him and threatened him. So one day, when he had had enough, Leatherface killed him. And even as a grown man, he had a fear of his family and was completely under their control. He was described as a, quote, big baby who was scared of many things, indicating high levels of anxiety and thus killed in self-defense due to perceived threats. He displayed fear when new people were in or around the home. He, it was the shutting down of the slaughterhouse, may I say, that drove the Sawyer family into cannibalism. Charlie, the patriarch of the family, if you remember, had spent time in a POW camp where they were forced into cannibalism. Since they were out of a job and Luda didn't bring enough money in to keep the family afloat, they began to cannibalize people for food. 
They victimize trespassers and travelers and, again, use them for food. Then they used the remains of their victims to make furniture. So if you pay attention, Leatherface is nearly the only serial killer who never goes on a rampage. Think about it. If people did not trespass on his family's property, he wouldn't kill anyone. Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger all do that. But Leatherface does not. His own family bullied him and treated him no better than a tolerated, if not hated, pet. He was forced into cannibalism by his family and thus ushered in Leatherface using multiple masks. You see, under the mask, he is considered or described as a, quote, hollow husk with no real emotions. He uses the skin, for an example, of an elderly woman's face, complete with makeup, when he terrorizes the trespassers from the very first movie. The family were having guests, but for dinner, you see. He has other masks to help him convey some level of how he was feeling. Now, there was one victim who managed to escape the clutches of the family, a young woman named Sally. She fled into a neighboring town and told the authorities of what she had endured. She helped them put together a composite sketch that looked exactly like him, and this struck true terror into the hearts of all who saw the sketch. At some point, the entire Sawyer family got murdered, and Leatherface was forced to flee his childhood home and ended up living with a woman by the name of Mrs. McCumber, who used to run an orphanage in the now-deserted town of Harlow. So when a group of young entrepreneurs visit, they try to evict Miss McCumber, but she refuses as she was still allegedly allowed to live there. Due to the stress of the situation, Miss McCumber began to have difficulty breathing and was forced to use an oxygen mask. Hearing the commotion, Leatherface immediately headed down the stairs, and upon seeing him, Miss McCumber lovingly assured that she herself was fine and to her uninvited guests that Leatherface is the last of her, quote, boys and that he needs special care which is the reason why she refused to leave the orphanage in the first place. When two officers from the Sheriff Hooper County office attempted to make her leave, she began to throw up and she collapsed, causing Leatherface to immediately arrive at the scene and he lifted his caretaker into his arms. He carried her to the officer's van and he then rode with the officers as they brought Miss McCumber to a hospital. While on the way, Leatherface held her in his lap, and she comforted him, saying that he is her boy. She then suffered a heart attack, and Leatherface began to panic. He put her oxygen mask over her mouth and tried to save her, but was unsuccessful. Out of rage and agony, Leatherface killed the officer in the back of the truck by snapping his hand and then stabbing him with the bone that was sticking out. He then caused the dying officer to accidentally kill the driver, which led to the truck crashing into a wheat field. Leatherface exited the vehicle. He propped Miss McCumber up outside out of respect and reverence, and he walked back to Harlow. He went back to the old orphanage, and he murdered all of the people there that, to him, had caused him to lose the one mother figure that had ever treated him with love. 
He then began walking back to the old Sawyer farm. And that is all we know of Leatherface's story. The last movie was released last year, and it ended with him walking off into the sunset, so we don't know what happened, or will, happen to him. So as we all know, this character is mostly based off of Ed Gein, but was also slightly inspired by Dean Corll's two little young henchmen as well. Leatherface is a beloved character by most in the horror genre. There are so many instances where he could have gone on to have a moderately better life. We have no idea who his biological father was, but his mother was at least, you know, holding a steady job. And what tiny bit of screen time she had appeared to at least be a clean and regular woman. We know nothing of her background, parents, anything. Leatherface, immediately after his birth, was discarded into a dumpster-like trash, but was found. But the family that raised him tormented and abused him, and he was forced to commit very violent acts at the tender age of five. He was already consuming human flesh before that. While his adoptive mother seemed to be protective, it was only when she felt her family was being threatened in a way that might have boded quite well for young Leatherface should he have been removed from that home. He was also horrifically bullied at school, suffered from a facial deformity and all the other things, right? And remember, he only murdered when he too felt that he and his family were threatened or if there were trespassers. He didn't go out of his way to seek out victims. There was no murderous rampage, not really. What I believe we have here is an innocent victim brought into the world already with severe disadvantages, and then he was molded through a lifetime of violence and cannibalism, and yet somehow retained his ability to have some level of empathy for Miss McCumber, who had shown him an ounce of love and acceptance. So I really hope you guys have enjoyed this character analysis. I know it wasn't perfect, but here we are. And I stand behind my theories. I do. This was a mixed match of several movies all put together. But the point is, this is Leatherface's basic story or a version of his story. What do you think? Do you think that he was just a crazed killer? Or do you think that there might have been a, a broken little boy inside? You know? I don't know. Tell me your thoughts. DM me on Instagram at serial underscore killing. I get a lot of messages. I try to go through them every day, and I appreciate every one of them. Um, you can join the Serial Killing, a podcast fan page on Facebook that a listener so lovingly created for me, and I thank him for that. Outside of that, guys, just have a great day. Thank you so much for listening, because I know that you could be listening to anyone else, but you chose me, and I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. Yeah, anybody who killed more than two or three people was a mass murderer. And whether it was all at one place or over an extended period of time, and then uh, in the early 80s, they came up with this differentiation called serial killing. <laughs>